This is Ratitude RX Radio. On the show today, we got co-founder of Procabulary, Mr. Mark England. This is a throwback session from 2017. Hope you enjoy. This is Ratitude RX Radio. On the show today, we got co-founder of Procabulary, Mr. Mark England. This is a throwback session from 2017. Hope you enjoy. I'm sitting down with Mr. Mark England, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this one. So without further ado, part one, Mark England, co-founder of Procabulary. All right, I'm sitting back here. I'm up in Calgary. You're down. Where are you at, Mark? Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. So we're doing a little Skype call here with uh, co-founder of Procabulary and good friend. I I like to call a good friend in short time here, Mark England. We're good friends. There we are. Yeah, man. And that's, uh, can't wait to uh, get down there, actually myself. But um, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing very well. That's excellent. I'm in Richmond. It's my hometown where I'm born and raised. And... I've been I've been in Richmond all through the summer, which is a bit of a rarity for me. I've got a lot of friends, people I've known 20, 30 years, guys I used to ride bicycles with, and I travel a lot for work, for vocabulary, and when I get the chance to to get back into the Richmond vibe, it's a really cool city. Oh. Third most tattooed city in the in the states. Also, I find this interesting. It's the 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 third how to how to phrase this? We drink – we're third on the list of drinking the most Pabst Blue Ribbon. Really? That is the hipster yeah. – that's the hipster beer of the century. That's what that, – we joke about that up here, but that's that's fantastic. That's a great stat too. <laughs> and I, I find that the correlation between tattoos and PBR uh, interesting, intriguing. Oh, Richmond's yeah. a really cool town, so – when I'm here, I'm good, man. No, I bet, man. That's uh, that sounds great. That sounds great. It's living that home life, and you guys survived. Uh, uh, we were just talking about the the hurricane season. Unfortunate for a lot of people down south there, but seems to have missed your neck of the woods. Is that correct? It did. Uh, you know, we had a we had some clouds and a little bit of rain one morning. But I mean, I would never have known that that was that was the the like the very tail end of of, of a hurricane. No kidding. Yeah, no doubt. Well, good for you on, on missing that. And uh, um, unfortunate for those that did not, but I guess the cleanup is on and uh, you guys are strong down there anyway. So all community based, right? So very much so. Yes. Right on. All right. Well, I mean, I want to tear into this and uh, I always find it fascinating with how small and interconnected the world is. Um, I'd like to hear from you how, uh, how we got connected originally here. Barbell Shrugged. Those boys. Yeah. So our, our fellas over there at, uh, on, the, on the West Coast in Encinitas, Barbell Shrug, those guys are cutting edge in the CrossFit world. And we did their show. We did their show. It was January 20th of this year. And you listened to it. I sure did, man. <laughs> it was um, – man, oh, man. What – like the first one, actually, I think I caught your second one on, I think it was the Barbell Business one were you on first? Is that back in the new year? Good memory. We did both of those shows on the same day. Oh, really? Okay. We did the um, Barbell Shrugged first and then Barbell Logic um, or Barbell Business, yes. Right, right. Later on in the afternoon. And I'm not sure when they posted that. I think they posted the, the Barbell Shrugged 
podcast first. Yeah. Regardless, I, I was delighted to say the least that there were two, uh, and they both had different uh, different aspects that I took away from both, and it was it was incredible for me. So, um, what I really liked is uh, just the applicability. Right, I remember listening to that while I was doing like lawn care. Uh, for for a buddy, a friend, and I was just sitting there like, this is different. This isn't what they're usually talking about. Usually, it's something about squats or chin ups or grip. And and then you came in there, and I like stopped the mower and just like, what? Am I listening to the right show here? This is crazy. This is awesome, and and just unbelievable value. So thank you so much for your time to uh, to share with my audience uh, the same kind of stuff. My First, pleasure. Really, really want to get to know. Um, what is it that you get up out of uh, bed for? I like to call it the oxygen, as uh, as Gary Vee says. Uh, what's your oxygen? What are you grateful for today? I'm a, I'm a curious guy by nature, Mike. And the, the, the idea, the question, the concept of how far can I, how far can we, and when I say we, I mean my business partner and our team, how far can we take vocabulary? That, that, that vision, what I see, the path, the, what that path requires of me, the, the, the milestones of, of, of being involved in the language game said one way, re-engineering the English language and what happens because of that That very much gets me out of bed, and that's big picture thinking. And and yes, so the 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 smaller the smaller picture thinking the the what do I have to do today? How many days do I have to wake up and grind? I enjoy those thought processes. Yeah, they get me out of bed. They get me out of bed early, and and they they it may it holds my focus, bro. There are a few things in life that I have had the the pleasure of, of getting involved in that have held my focus in the language game. Vocabulary is absolutely one of those things. We on a on a side specific note, we talk a lot about developing the ability to focus. And a lot of that comes to comes down to writing things down. Mm-hmm. One of my goals is that I will be, I will be involved in vocabulary for 50 years. I'm going to give my final presentation January 16th and 17th, 2057. Wow, man. It's written down. Yeah. I, I had to look up the dates. It's a weekend. <laughs> it's a weekend. That's good. All right. Well, hopefully that weekend's up here in Calgary or something. Hey, maybe <laughs> I man. should, I should book Wait, that at the rate we're going. Right. No kidding, man. Holy. That's, that's what gets me out of bed. That and, uh, and several other things. Right. Right. But that's, uh, that's the, that's the reason for being that's, that's awesome. And then I gotta, I gotta ask then this is a music podcast, so I'm, I'm sure it's kind of intriguing to our, uh, listeners of why is this guy, you know, Richmond, do you play music? Do you, do you play any instrument? Did you as a kid? No, and. That's a very important word, and. I took singing lessons last summer. Okay. Yes. And I took a, it was a, it was a block of six. So there's a organic health food store that I go and do my shopping in, and there's something called the music tree right next to it. And they had, uh, they had a special on singing lessons, a pack of six. 
And I walked out one day with some groceries and I looked over there and I said to myself, I'll take some singing lessons. Walked in, bought a pack, got on the calendar, came back in in the first, excuse me, the first session, the first lesson. Go in, sit down. It's myself and the music teacher in a small room with a piano. After a brief back and forth, you know, just you know, a couple social questions, she said, okay, let's begin. And she said, I want you to match this note with your voice. And she picked a key. I don't know which one it was. And she hit it. And I, I tried to, 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 to match it. And I went low. That's what she said. She goes, okay, you went low on that. Let's try again. Bing. She hit it again. This time I went high. Third time's the charm. She hit it again. I hit the note perfectly, whatever the terminology of that is. And this is, it was one of the most bizarre experiences I've had to date, man. Something in the middle of my head, something physical in the middle of my brain vibrated. I got you. It felt, it felt like it cracked and all this, I, I, this is what I did. I, I took my finger and I went like this and I dropped my chin and I closed my eyes and a wave of emotion came up over me and I started to, to, to tear, not like a boohoo. No, no, no. I just, tears started streaming in, a, in a, just a perfect stream down my face. And she's, she said, oh, it's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. And when I finally could talk about 20 seconds later, I'm like, no, no, no. These are tears of joy. So that is a very interesting experience for me, which I've thought about at least a hundred times. I'm serious. The second thing is, is when I hear the banjo, Mike, the hair on my arms and the back of my neck stand up. And those two things tell me something Mm -hmm. that and it, again, back to goals, I'm going to learn how to play the banjo, and I'm going to learn how to play it well, and I'm going to develop my singing voice, and I'm going to play. Wow. Wow. All right. Do you have a time frame on that? Yes. I will purchase my banjo on my birthday in 2018. Okay. And my goal was to take 20 private lessons in 2018 once I purchased the banjo. That's fantastic. And and just let that sink in. Let it let it I, I know how I start things that I want to be not that I want to be that I will be doing that I'm going to do for a long period of time. I know how, how I have to start after having started things and flaked on things and also having started things and followed through on things. I know what the difference in the starting is for me. Okay. So I've made those adjustments and it's a, it's a, it's, it's a statement. It's a, it's, 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 it's the equivalent of buying an instrument and investing 20 hours of time into it and letting it sit, letting it do that, letting that amount of, of input do what it's going to do. And then over the years, invest more and more in my time of it. So that's my, that's my initial 2018 push into that world. It's a world and it's a language. You know, we're talking about language. It's why we're on the podcast today. What did we talk about on the Barbell Shrugged show, which is what, what you listen to? We talked about the language of success and the language of failure in the CrossFit world. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how those guys found me. Yeah. Initially. 
There's a couple a couple of synchronicities. Yes, Mike Bledsoe, shout out to him. Love that dude. Yeah. He had heard me on another podcast. And when a mutual friend introduced us, he immediately was like, yes, we want you on the show. And we started talking about dates okay, for me to come out because obviously they do the show in person. Yeah. And yeah. so you have to be there to do it. Yeah. Uh, and And music is... It is a language that I do not know yet, and it is a language that intrigues me, and I'm using my language, my English language, to architect, as we talk about in Core Language Upgrade, some some standard vocabulary terminology, to architect part of my mental real estate for me to go into that world and support myself, because just like any endeavor, whether it's dancing or martial arts or developing business skill sets or weightlifting, you know, pick your, pick your area of, of, of expertise. Mm -hmm. When people go, when people practice things over and over and over again, there's the skill acquisition. And then there's also the parts of us that get brought up that think that, you know, maybe I'm not good enough to do this. Yeah. Or, you know, that person's so much better than, than me. Why should I even try? Those, those victim-centric aspects of, of, of our character that, in my personal and professional opinion, they are directly related to conflict language, to a certain sneaky, unconscious subset of the English language. And so... I'm 41 years old. I've been using English for a while now. I know what to expect from parts of myself that if I believe these these ideas and these concepts, the the likelihood of me derailing something, music, something that I, I know I will so thoroughly enjoy, I know how to avoid talking myself out of learning how to play. Right. I know, and to say it the other, another way, I know how to talk myself in to learning how to play, yeah. which is the whole reason why you and I are talking. Yeah, no, exactly. It's exactly it. I, I identify so closely with that too over the last year. Um, just so much personal growth, and that's what really drew me to getting immediately. That was like the same. Uh, the very next day, I got right in touch with you. As soon as I could, <laughs> that was a long day on the on the lawn, so it wasn't happening then. But uh, I uh, I felt, oh man, that's that's the kind of stuff that like I recognize so many of those hiccups in in my own way of when I start and stop, and even the simplest thing is a workout. I know if I want to go into the fourth set or not, and I know how to talk myself into it or not. Right. And it's, it's radical when you identify that as it's happening. And that's what I've got to say, because I've gone through the core language upgrade. And that was just mind blowing. Thank you for, uh, for showcasing that, uh, that bit of my own uh, (laughs) identity. That was fantastic. It was great going through that and really identifying. Now I'm working back through it too, going back through the lessons on paper. I find it just easier to learn with writing, like much like yourself, you know, writing, writing goals is just, it's an easier thing. I'm a writer by, by nature. So I mean, I, I wrote my first book literally by hand. So it was, uh, it was, it was definitely the easiest way to learn. And 
it's amazing when you go through that experience and identify um, both your strengths and uh, areas of opportunity to grow in well in that, right? So, yeah, man. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit on that. I guess a little bit more into the into the music. What uh, what do you listen to? So you got a, a thing for banjo. Uh, what's currently playing on the on the iPod? Allison Krauss Union Station, two thousand and three. Wow. Man, there you go. Hey, a little lounge, a little jazz. Hey, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful music for me. I love her voice, and guess what? There's a banjo player in the band. Exactly. Um, I'm a classics guy. I, love, I very much like the classic rock. I've got a eh, decent selection of records. Everybody likes Bob Marley, myself included. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying, as far as newer music, I'm, I'm very much enjoying what the chain smokers are putting out right now oh, i'm not even sure what, what, incredible. what kind of music that is and it's got something special to it i completely agree they they work a lot and that that goes to the music community they work a lot with different uh artists and i think that's huge the collaboration community that they show and even if you pay attention to their soundcloud i'm always getting posted updates they repost everything right so they're just really yeah. really big on they clearly get a lot from other musicians and that's likely where they get a lot of their inspiration because they're listening to so many things and they're collaborating with so many different uh, fields. That's why that it is likely what you're describing. So that's super cool. cool. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's dive into the project then. How in, in one sentence, I guess, for listeners um, on this show, what is Procabulary? I mean, it's a, it, other than a really awesome name, that is, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's, that's tricky. I like that. That's good. Cause I'm the guy that I make ratitude, like attitude. That's rad. That's, that's ratitude, man. Or, you know, or you could even look at gratitude being having gratitude, but it's just a little bit more cool. Right. So what does, uh, what does vocabulary mean to you and, uh, and who's it for? Procabulary will go second question. First vocabulary is for everyone who thinks and speaks. Cool. <laughs> and and yes. And what is vocabulary for me? Vocabulary is a is a path. It is a it is a it's a linguistic compass. It's a way of understanding myself as a process. And and language's influence in that process. We gave a TED talk in June about the difference between identity, the current definition of identity, and in our opinions, the reality of ourself. So the current definition of identity is the fact of being who or what a person is. Yeah. It's static. It's stuck. Okay. And when I bring this up in presentations, I'll ask people who sees themselves differently here than you did 15 years ago. Everybody raises their hand. Okay. It's very easy to, to help people see themselves that way with even just a, a, a few simple questions. And the more I recognize myself as the process, as a process of, of envisioning of, of, of something, I'm more of a verb, much more of a verb than I am a, a static noun. Said one way. I'm the ability to create the story of me. I'm, a, I'm the ability to create Mark the character as opposed to Mark the character. Yes. Said another way, 
my niece, she's 14 years old. I told her, I knew you before you knew you. Oh man, that's, that's good. <laughs> it is, it that's is, good. and it's accurate. So I knew her as this, do I have anything around here? There was, she was about this big. Right. She's breathing. Okay. She's, she's creating feelings and emotions for herself before there was any kind of structured thought process. And we could have taken that, that process, put it in St. Petersburg, Russia, and you add in the, the, the Russian language. And that creates a whole different character than her as an, an English speaking thinking individual put her in Japan that language is going to it's going to it, it will it will influence the same principles of her experience of herself and it will also craft a different character so what do I mean by that I'll back into that in almost all of our presentations I bring up abracadabra yeah when I say abracadabra, what do people think of? Immediately, they think of magic. Magic, yeah. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah. And there's a lot more to it than that. Abracadabra is Aramaic, an ancient language. It's an ancient, it's, it's Aramaic is an ancient language, and abracadabra is an ancient word. And it translates to with my word I create or with my word I influence. We prefer the second translation with our word we influence. So, what do we influence? Now, Japanese, Russian, Spanish, French, English, those languages all influence the same things. They influence our imagination, the mental imagery that we create. They influence our emotions and feelings. They influence our physical body, how we move it, and they influence how we breathe. Mm -hmm. So back to one of your original questions, what is vocabulary? Procabulary is the study of influence, the way language influences those aspects of our experience of ourself, which are in motion, mm -hmm. which are flexible and which create our identity. So someone, what, one thing I found, you know, we, we've had a couple conversations about the Rolling Stones. One of my good friends, Brian Jones. Right. Have you had a chance to talk to him? By the We're way, We're lining that up. We are. It's it's been back and forth. He's, I know. He's magic. He's gold. His man. nickname's Magic in my phone. He's Brian Magic Jones. Oh man, that's crazy. And he is his father uh, was one of Keith Richards' best friends. Perfect. So he, they, he, how many times he does he does he lost track of how many times he's been backstage with the Rolling Stones, Jesus. and. One of the things that the Rolling Stones used to do, which I find it's interesting and not surprising, is that they, after after a big show, we're talking tens of thousands of people. You know what they would go do? Go back in the back room and practice. <laughs> they would go back and they would just they they go back and practice, and that's they had to see themselves as. They had to see themselves in a certain way in order for them to go and do that. They had to see themselves as valuable and as malleable. Mm -hmm. When some, the more and more value that someone sees in themselves, the better they're going to be at time management. The better they're going to be at 
developing the 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 parts of themselves that need to be polished, mm-hmm. the more value that someone sees in themselves, the more considerate they're going to be about the about the people that they they spend their time with, who they who they who they who they. Uh, uh, well, the power of proximity comes to mind. When I want to get better at something, what do I do? I go hang out with people that are already really good at it. Yeah, no, I completely right? agree. And and that same old saying of uh, you're you're basically the sum of the average of the five people around you. You know, if if you want to be better, I've I take that through with hockey. Being on the on the hockey team, I never wanted to be the all star. I never wanted to be the brightest bulb in the room, man, because. You got to find a new room at that point, <laughs> you know. I've I've always wanted to be like chasing, chasing, chasing. I always wanted somebody to be better, so I'm uh, I definitely agree with that statement. That's that's huge. So, how does language? How does that play into your listeners' approach to developing themselves, to developing their skill? There's a book that I used to teach courses on it, and I used to I used to incorporate it into some of the courses that I teach. It's called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. Okay. And it's a book about how we learn. And one of the specifics that he goes into is a very interesting and relevant study into musicians in middle school. Yeah. And they tracked over several years the development of children that were playing music. And what they noted is that there was one thing that equated to more skill acquisition than any other thing. Okay? And it was identity. They had children fill out questionnaires. Once someone, once one, once those, one, when some of, because not all of them did it, actually very few. Right. When one of those kids or a few of those kids, when they identified themselves as a musician, they could practice three times less and get three times more out of themselves. That simple shift in how they saw themselves, it, it, it increased their ability to learn by orders of magnitude. I experienced that myself very, in a very real way. I've been a martial artist for – I started when I was 13 when I started wrestling. And I'm 41 now, so about 20, 28 years on and off. And when once I started to – see myself as a martial artist, everything changed for me, Mike. My whole approach changed. I took myself more seriously. Mm-hmm. A lot of the problems and issues that you and I have talked to before this podcast about what musicians go through, the dramas, the unnecessary conflicts, a lot of that comes down to them not taking themselves seriously as a musician. Yeah. And that, that my friend is a thought process. No, I completely agree. Now, just to play devil's advocate on that, there's the, 
the thought of identifying yourself as an athlete or as a musician, what happens in, in your experience or what could you add to debate this then when you become, say for the athlete, they go down to a career ending injury. What happens when they only identify themselves as an athlete? What happens then when that's ripped away from their, their lifestyle? All fucking hell breaks loose. Sure does. That's what. And how do I know that? Because I lived it. Yeah. Yeah. I moved to Thailand when I was 26. And I was going to stay there for one year. I was a championship kickboxer in college. And we were also doing MMA. This is how I start the TED Talk. Mm -hmm. And all I wanted to do was go pro as a fighter. The plan move to Bangkok for one year, get really polished in my stand-up, come back and go pro. Four months, five months after I was there, five and a half specifically, well, I wrecked my knee for the second time. And I was having, uh, I had a knee surgery and the doctor told me straight up, you're done, dude. Specifically, he said, your career as a kickboxer is over, period you can become a very good swimmer. And I believe that dude for a couple of reasons. I was, I was also very emotional as you can imagine about the whole thing. I was 26. That is, that is the, those are the magical years for a, a, a fighter from 25 to say 29. That's when you've got to do it, dude. <laughs> and my whole thing stopped on a dime. So not only was I in physical pain and I was used to working out hard, which is good, my identity was shaken to its core. So much so that I didn't laugh for a year, man. No. An entire year. And my girlfriend, at the t I went over there with my girlfriend from, from college, super awesome person and really funny. Great sense of humor. And I remember we lived together. I, I remember several times looking at her and she's cracking jokes and just being her bubbly self and looking at her and thinking to myself, I would have laughed at that a couple of years ago. And I literally, I couldn't get my face in the position to smile and let loose like that. I was so constricted and tight because of the story I was telling myself about myself. And so that directly led me on a path to well, after, after I got tired of being that way, I – after I got tired of being that way, I've, I set out on a mission to figure out why I was that way. And a large part of that came down to the language that I was using. So that was 13 years ago. 13 years later, I'm here as a co-founder of – a line of, of a communications company that helps people understand more about the power and the process of their language. Mm -hmm. And I say this quite frequently in presentations and quite frequently in podcasts that this conversation is strictly an education issue. Most people's education about their language, and I mean 99.9999% of people's education 
about their language comes down to three static things, spelling, grammar, and definitions, Mm -hmm. none of which address how language influences the process, the process of creating mental imagery, the process of generating feelings and emotions, the process of of uh, how we breathe and how we move our body. Um, you know, how many how many people have gotten kicked out of bands because they had a bad attitude? No, oh, they had the skill set, but oh, they had yeah. a bad attitude. Just couldn't work with the people. Yeah, that's how many how many groups have I been in alone, right? And and you hear about the big, even the, the huge bands, you know? This guy doesn't fit. This guy doesn't fit. What does that mean? He can play. Doesn't that count? No. Not at all. Not even close. No. Right? It's obviously the skill. They have to be able to, they have to be able to play. Yeah. But that's, that's just to get in the door. That's yes. just what starts the conversation. That's like your, that's cool. You did your job. <laughs> you know? Like, right. <laughs> congratulations. That's one in a row, you know? That's uh, when you're, if you were to put that on the resume, it's like, yeah, that's your bare minimum. That's your MVP right there. Very, very minimal. The the people that you enjoyed being in bands the most with, Mike, what were they like? Oh, super entertaining. It was great to be around. And I was, that, that's why I, I, I got to take a personal shout on this one is because that's why I, I'm still hired for session work. I am by far not the, the best drummer, but I'm a good time to be around. And when it comes down to it, after eight hours, I've been in sessions with guys that are assholes. I've been in sessions with girls that are total like bitches, prima donnas, just total idiots in, in social awareness. They don't get it. They don't know how to interact. That doesn't get them jobs. The people that are fun, the people that are uh, considerate, compassionate, and passionate about music, that just, that aura of them, that's what gets you jobs. In my experience. And how much of that? So you've been, you've been in, in bands at times when everything's clicking. Oh, yeah. The, the music's on and oh, yeah. the personalities work well together. Oh, yeah. How does that influence the crowd? How does that show up oh, in the audience? Oh, man. You're just feeling. That's the magic. That's, that's there. Avocadabra. <laughs> that's that, man. No, it's, it's incredible. Um, and that comes back to the studies of uh, the law of attraction and stuff like knowledge, um, uh, like everything, mastery of love, everything that Don Miguel Ruiz wrote, everything like that too, yeah. right? That Great that books. oh, incredible, and and that that feed that back and forth between in our particular circumstance of being a band up on stage, showmanship translates through the energy in inside that unit that's what i always felt the magical shows could have been five or six people out there but you had those five or six people feeling like 500 right because the energy just conveyed so much power in the room it didn't matter that the the room wasn't packed it felt it right and we were having so much fun they could feel it they were having so much fun we could feel it it was cyclical it was awesome indeed indeed yeah, man. I mean, uh, I think I think right now this is a perfect segue to, to uh, stop right here for, for the first part. And then we can come back and readdress how musicians and music industry can specifically use the, the habits and language to influence uh, 
their behavior on stage, off stage, and as best humans. Let's do it. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome, my man. And just like that, that's part one of our conversation with Mr. Mark England, co-founder of Procabulary. Um, if you have any suggestions for topics or guests, uh, please fire me a note at yo at therockdr.com. We're going to continue the conversation next week. I'm really looking forward to it and sharing this infinite wisdom. It's timeless. Even though we did this interview two years ago, this, the, all, all the knowledge applies, right? Um, we're going to further examine how we can take these applications into our creative headspace as musicians. So very, very uh, cool stuff. So until next time, folks, stay sweet. Peace. You've been listening to Ratitude RX Radio. This show would not be possible without your continued support through Patreon, so thank you very much. If you want to visit that, it is accessible on my website at therockdoctor.com. That is therockdr.com. And if you're wondering where did we get that theme music, those are a bunch of pals of mine, Towers and Trees. You can find them on the social at Towers and Trees. The song's called Head Down, Hard Up, and it's a banger. So go give them some love. <laughs>